Welcome to the North Yorkshire Safeguarding Children Partnership podcast number six. My name is Hayden Rees-Jones and I'm the Policy Development Officer for the Partnership. In today's podcast, we're going to examine sudden unexpected infant deaths and I'm delighted to be joined by Karen Hedgley, who's the designated nurse safeguarding children and children in care from our clinical commissioning group. Hello, Karen, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Hayden, and thanks very much for inviting me along to discuss this important issue. It's an absolute pleasure. So, Karen, when we talk about sudden unexpected deaths in infancy or otherwise known as SUDI, uh, as, what does that mean? Uh, the term SUDI is the preferred term to describe the uh, the death of a child that was not anticipated uh, as a significant possibility 24 hours before the death, or where there was a similarly unexpected collapse of a of a, a, an infant leading to or precipitating the events leading to the death. SUDI refers to all unexpected deaths of infants up to the age of one year. So why is the Child Death Overview Panel running a campaign on SUDI? Yes, um, that's, a, that's an interesting question. There were three sort of um, factors that coincided to, that led to the introduction of the Day or Night Sleep Right campaign. The first was the publication of a report from the National Safeguarding Children Practice Review Panel. This report was entitled Out of Routine, a review of uh, SUDIs in families where children are considered to be at risk of significant harm. It was a particularly useful report as it focused down on situations where there are families with known vulnerabilities where a sudden unexpected death in infancy had occurred. What they were very clear about is that despite the fact that um, the messages around safe sleep have been consistently um, delivered primarily by health professionals for years, we're still not reaching some of our most vulnerable families. Uh, and in spite of those messages, it's apparent that while safe sleep messages may be rigorously delivered by health professionals, many of those families who are most at risk are either unwilling or unable to receive and act on those lessons for various reasons. So that was a very clear thing that came out of the National Panel Report, and they advocated that we needed to start thinking about SUDI risk minimisation through a safeguarding lens. <clears throat> At the same time, um, the North Yorkshire Child Death Overview Panel undertook uh, an audit of SUDIs initially in the first two years, in the two years prior, and then they went back five years. And what they identified was very, very similar findings to those uh, from the national panel in that um, the SUDIs in our locality were largely taking place in families with additional vulnerabilities. Those vulnerabilities included issues such as um, substance misuse, um, alcohol misuse, um, smoking, domestic abuse. So that was very interesting findings. But um, sadly, at the same time, we also had three reviews undertaken by both City of York and North Yorkshire Safeguarding Children Partnership. Um, these reviews were focused on families where there had been a SUDI, where there were links to safeguarding concerns. And again, the same messages were coming through, is that these families were families with known vulnerabilities, 
um, and increased risk factors around Sudis. So that led to both the North Yorkshire and City of York Safeguarding Children Partnership agreeing to adopt a what we refer to as a prevent and protect model of SUDI risk minimisation. And this campaign is largely focused on supporting professionals um, to develop their knowledge and skills competencies um, to have those discussions with families around reducing the risk of SUDI. So rather than these messages being delivered solely by health professionals, this campaign really is about supporting all professionals working with families to reinforce those messages and particularly in those families where there are increased vulnerabilities. So you've mentioned risk and modifiable factors there. How can you tell if a child may be at risk of SUDI? Are there any specific risk factors related to their environment, for example? Yes, there are some very specific factors that, that parents <clears throat> need to consider when it comes to the, the infant sleep environment. Um, it's particularly important for an infant not to uh, have a sleep environment which is cluttered by things like toys, etc. As tempting it is as it is to put a, a teddy or something in the cot with an infant, actually that's not uh, advisable from a safety perspective. So having an uncluttered sleep environment and that also includes not using duvets, cot bumpers and pillows and anything that would um, snuggle around the baby's head. I know that there is a, a particular trend at the moment for having uh, a certain product that, that, that actually sits around the baby's head. But actually, that's not advisable in terms of reducing the risks of SUDI. Other factors are avoiding co-sleeping with uh, younger children and family pets. That's a... Um, a particularly common factor that we see in some of the uh, tragic cases in North Yorkshire and York, and also not bed sharing with parents when they are under the influence of any kind of substance, be that alcohol, illegal substances, and also where a parent may be smoking. It's also important to think about the use of car seats as well. Um, uh, what we strongly advise is that um, journeys for very young infants are kept short and that car seats are only used for transportation and not, not uh, for babies to sleep in, because it's not a very good position for a baby's head to be in in most car seats in terms of sometimes the head lolls forward and that can impact on their, their breathing. Um, it's also really important to think about the room temperature in which a baby's sleeping. So we advise around 16 to 20 degrees Celsius is, is the advisable temperature. So not letting a baby get too hot or too cold. I, I think the most important thing, message that I want to get over in terms of the environment for the child is avoiding sleeping on, uh, on chairs, sofas, couches um, with an infant. It is one of the most dangerous environments for, a, for an infant to sleep in. Sadly, what we have seen in North Yorkshire is this is a common factor that we see in, in those tragic situations is that parents, understandably, with a new infant are, are shattered and sometimes they will take the, the infant onto the couch with them to get some rest for themselves. But uh, we do know that that is one of the most um, dangerous situations. So we strongly advise that parents don't sleep with a baby on a, a couch or on a chair. 
that's really interesting. One question that I sort of have, sort of like as a father myself, when uh, my wife and I had a, our child, we were always advised to put our child at the bottom of the bed with the feet touching, uh, so that there's plenty air around. Is is that still correct? You know, in terms of modern day thinking, because that was 14 years ago. Yes, it, it, the feet to foot. I think was what we termed it at that. So the feet of the baby to the foot of the cot or to the, the, the foot of the sleep space. The reason for that is it um, helps avoid the baby uh, wriggling underneath any covers that they may have. So that that's still um, good advice. The key thing um, is that um, babies are placed on their back, not on their side and on their tummy. Sleep position is critical. So that's that's still absolute current advice. Um, in a, in that clutter-free environment, as I've described, uh, in an environment which is suitable in terms of temperature and avoid anything being able to actually inadvertently get over the top of the baby's head. So, yeah, uh, in, a, in, a, in a, a sleep space that's just for them, um, that is clutter-free. Yeah. That's brilliant. So, in terms of anybody who's working with families, uh, what can they do to help support families and minimise the risk to uh, newborns? One of the key things that we like to encourage professionals to explore with families is where there may be a change in situation or what we refer to as uh, situational risks or out of routine circumstances. So sometimes we see these tragic deaths occurring in families where there has been a sudden change in the sleep arrangements for the child. Um, that might be an acute issue within the family. Um, it might be that they suddenly had to go stay uh, with a relative or, or with an alternative carer. So one of the things that we encourage professionals to do is to explore with families the what if question. Um, so what if this situation changed, how could you make sure that your baby is sleeping in a safe position and to encourage families to always be thinking about those those situations that might occur and actually keeping the forefront of their minds um, the importance of a safe sleep environment um, for their children. All families are provided with information about safe sleep by health professionals, both during the antenatal period, so during during the, the time that the lady is pregnant, um, but also in the postnatal period by their, their by their midwives and their health visitors. So encouraging the families to to follow that advice, um, they are provided with written information, but also signposted to an excellent website the, uh, run by the Lullaby Trust. Um, so that's the other thing that professionals can do is make themselves aware, obviously, of the information that's out there. Also reading the North Yorkshire and City of York Partnership guidance on safe sleep, um, but encouraging families to access the Lullaby Trust website is also a very advisable. There's some excellent information on that website, which is all research based. OK, that's brilliant. And as you were just touched on there, there's been new guidance that's been developed by the uh, partnership. Uh, can you uh, tell us what's in there and how that will be helpful for people working with children and families? Yes, this, this guidance is specifically for professionals. 
uh, and is available, as you've said, Hayden, on, on both websites, City of York and North Yorkshire Partnership. Um, it goes into um, some detail around the specific risk factors associated with sudden unexpected deaths in infancy and also provides guidance for professionals on how to work with families, particularly those, those families with increased vulnerabilities. Um, to minimise the, the risks of SUDI. So the whole point of the guidance really is to support professionals to feel both confident and competent to be having those conversations with families uh, and to also revisit those conversations when it's appropriate because situations, as we've already described, change within families. So it's important that we revisit those discussions around safe sleep as those situations arise. OK, so that's really great, Karen. Can you tell me what would you say are the three take home messages for professionals in relation to the SUDI campaign? Yes, um, I think the first one is to uh, for professionals to familiarise themselves with the guidance, again, reiterating just to, so that they feel confident and competent to have those conversations with families. And it's all professionals' responsibility working with families, with un infants under the age of one or where there's an unborn baby within the family to have those conversations. To help, help yourself feel uh, knowledgeable and skilled to have those conversations is the first. The second is that Reducing the risks of SUDI or um, safe sleep should really be part of any multi-agency plan around a family with increased vulnerabilities. We know that the risks, as we've described, are very closely linked to, um, often closely linked to safeguarding concerns. So ensuring that safe sleep is part of any multi-agency plan where there is an infant in the household under the age of one or an unborn baby. And the third message is, is if you have are working with a family and you are sharing the information and you are supporting them to adopt safe sleep practice and you remain concerned that safe sleep practice is, is an issue and that there are some specific risks, is to seek advice from your um, safeguarding lead within your own organisation. Talk it through with them. What else can, can you do both uh, as a, an individual practitioner, but perhaps um, um, through work with other professionals to support families to, to follow that safe sleep advice. I think those are the three take home messages for me. Thank you, Karen, for providing all of that overview, which is really interesting. If anyone wants to find out more, they can visit the NYSCP website at safeguardingchildren.co.uk forward slash professionals forward slash campaigns. A link is in the podcast description. Thank you for joining our podcast this time. Don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter at NYSCP1. We have a Facebook page. We're on Instagram and you can find us on YouTube. You can also sign up to our monthly e-bulletin with all of the latest safeguarding information. And you can also visit safeguardingchildren.co.uk. All links are in the podcast description. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.